It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Film lovers, welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosey. The show is available as a podcast and it's also available on iTunes. And ladies and gentlemen, full disclosure, we might get a little stage sociology heavy because, well, there's a show opening next weekend and I'm involved. Involved. That's what happens when you have a show. Uh, First Folio and Catalyst Repertory proudly present William Shakespeare's Richard III, which is opening next Friday. It's Hawaiian Shirt Day at the Indie Fringe Basile Theater. That's running June 30th through July 2nd, July 7th through July 9th. Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Sundays at 5. 7.30. p.m. This is what happens when I read a poster. 7.30 p.m. <laughs> Your pledge dollars at work. So, And uh, full disclosure, I am playing uh, King Edward and Lord Mayor in the show, which is why we're talking about Shakespeare and cinema, among other things. But I have a gaggle of guests of folks involved. Glenn Dobbs is the voice of whispering uh, all the correct items over there. But I do want to go around the board and, and have folks introduce themselves and their involvement with this production, starting to my left, which has nothing to do with radio. Sir, go ahead. Hi, I'm Lex Lumpkin. I am going to play Prince York. Very good. His lines are down faster than that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm Allison Reddick, and I'm playing uh, Queen Elizabeth Woodville. My name is True. Uh, my name is Jay Hemphill, and I will be playing the role of Buckingham. How do I follow that? <laughs> Carefully. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Doug Powers. I'm playing uh, Earl Rivers and Christopher Erswick. No relation to Johnny Rivers. That's okay. Absolutely not. There you go. All right. So we're we're going to talk about Richard III and Shakespeare and cinema in a little bit. But I do have some. Uh, I do have some. 
show house cleaning to do because last week's show, of course, was very room centric. And if you're listening to the show now on Saturday, uh, you can see you can see the room at midnight at Keystone Arts. I will be there. Hopefully, you will be as well. But uh, no, I did not forget about the death of Adam West. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. Now, I, I turns out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the guy on Facebook that dares to bring up history and facts and kind of come off as a jerk because we love Adam West. He was not the first Batman. There are radio and movie serials that would say otherwise. So uh, I had people make uh, word choices and say, for them, the Mm -hmm. first Batman. That I cannot argue, but, yeah, I'm that guy. Um West, of course, Batman and from the TV series in the 1960s. I remember showing the film version, yes, the one with Lee Merriweather, um, to my daughter. And her within five minutes, her going, Dad, this looks really cheap. And I went, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the point. Uh, but looking back, and of course, since he's best known for television, I wanted to go back and find out what other films he did that were non-Batman related. So, uh, case in point, you might want to go back to 1959, where he gained notice as Bill Lawrence in The Young Philadelphians, with a young Paul Newman and Robert Vaughn, if I remember correctly. Uh, lots of television, of course, in the 50s and 60s. 1962's Geronimo, 1963's Tammy and the Doctor. Um... Mara of the Wilderness, as well as The Relentless Four from 1965. Um, The first thing I remember seeing him in other than Batman was sort of playing himself in the Burt Reynolds film Hooper. He was, uh, yeah. remember that? Yeah, this is, if you get a chance, this is uh, Hal Needham's Valentine to Stuntmen. And uh, who, uh, Reynolds plays an aging uh, stuntman doing a spy film, and the star of the movie is played by Adam West. He also did The Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood. Don't ask. I don't know. I saw it on the internet. That's all you need to know. I'm pointing at the child. Uh, Lady, oh gosh, young Lady Chatterley 2. Still don't know it. You could probably watch it in some of the finest hotels on television in 1980. Doug's nodding, I know. And if you are a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, you probably saw him in the Canadian film Zombie Nightmare from 1987. I know that one. I, I think How I know do you that know one. that one? Because it's with it has zombies in it. So you're 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 pro zombie, is that it? Yeah, I watch zombies all the time. Have you seen the original Night of the Living Dead? Yes. Have you? Uh, no, no, the, <laughs> oh, no, face. no, no the, look, yeah, I can see it, folks. No, the Night of the Living Dummy. Sorry, not the yeah, that's the dead dead. Right. My yeah. dear, I think I think the 1968 George Romero film is going to be tame by comparison. So I would I would let him watch that. Dawn of the Dead. No. Yeah. no, little social commentary in that one. I've seen every zombie movie except for all the important zombie movies. <laughs> all right, get off our lawn. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Oh, other films include The New Age, the An American Vampire Story from 1997, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Badass, the story of Melvin Van Peebles, and when you're how old are you, sir? Eleven. Okay, in about ten years, you can watch Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. But I'm not your mom. So, um, Chicken Little, Angels with Angles, uh, Meet the Robinsons, Fairly Odd Parents, of course, playing himself. And he, he kind of had a Shatner-esque thing where he finally embraced the fact that he's just going to be Adam West for the rest of his career, for the mo- majority of his career. And he did. So, salute. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the other the other one I tend to do is um, if 
some people will be known for one thing, like Adam West. And it's it, I think it's important to pick out, especially if you have done a full career of acting. And I bring up actor Stephen First, who passed away, um, gosh, it was last week, I believe, as well. Best known as Flounder in Animal House. But this is also a guy that appeared on Babylon 5. He also appeared in St. Elsewhere, uh, The Dream Team, uh, just a myriad of things. So he's he's more than just the one film. It's kind of like I, I have an issue with non-public radio that uses the term one-hit wonder. That is a that's, – that's a charting. That's a billboard sense. By that rationale – the Grateful Dead and Rush are one-hit wonders, and that's really not the case. But I, and I think it also gives you the connotation that you have one hit and then the band dissolves. See the film That Thing You Do. Um, <laughs> the O'Neaters. So, uh, but that is not the case in this. So, um, Also want to beg a shout-out to, uh, to Academy Award-winning cinematographer Fred Collincamp, who uh, won an Oscar in 1975. Yeah, this actually got an award. The Towering Inferno. <gasps> Big gasp. Sorry. That, that was like the era of all those great little oh, yeah. disaster films. Where a lot of good like actors that. got a lot of big checks for doing very little. Exactly. <laughs> um, but let's going through his work. Um, and, and this is one of those, yes, I, we have we have favorite cinematographers here at Film Sociology. Did did uh, director of photography for the series The Man from UNCLE. Um also did Stay Away Joe, Elvis Presley as, a, as an Indian in 1968. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, you haven't. <laughs> as somebody who's seen every Elvis film, you have not. <laughs> Was the director of photography for 1970s Russ Meyer's Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Another guess. So Sorry. you've seen his work. That's, <laughs> yeah. That means he's seen it. <laughs> Sorry, it's my happen. happening, and it's freaking me out. <laughs> um, 1971's Billy Jack. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? He's all over the place. He is all over the place. Skin Game with James Garner and Louis Gossett Jr. The film version of Happy Birthday, Wanda June. Kansas City Bomber, my favorite roller derby film with Raquel Welch. <clears throat> Uh, I think I've seen that one. It's Raquel Welch on roller skates. You, 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 I own you, it. You, you, that's that's a direct <laughs> quote to the pitch for this film, I think. When they I were think they the just walked yeah. on the poster. Raquel on skates, basically. Rage with Kirk Douglas, Harry in your pocket. First got nominated for Papillon. Wow. Papillon wow. to Uptown Saturday Night to The Towering Inferno. Um, we got another nomination for the film of Islands in the Stream that reunited him with uh, the director and star of Patton, uh, George C. Scott, the star in that one, of course. Um, the other side of Midnight was the director of photography for the Bad News Bears in Breaking Training. <laughs> Ooh, bad News Bears. The Swarm, another another mm. one there. Love and Bullets, the the original Amityville Horror, the disaster movie When Time Ran Out, The Hunter. Man, a lot of stuff here. So it came from Hollywood, which I, I personally enjoy. Two of a Kind, the John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John film that nobody saw or cared about. Um, last film of note, 1989's Welcome Home. And then finally, I want to acknowledge uh, Academy Award-winning director John G. Alvidson. Somebody's phone is on. Um, who passed away last week at the age of 81, won an Academy Award for directing Rocky. Mm-hmm. And looking back at his career, I noticed a lot, I've, I've seen quite a few of these, and what they have in common are underdog stories, 
but not all of the protagonists are likable. The thing he got known for was a film from 1970 called Joe with a young Peter, Bo well, young as he could be, Peter Boyle and an even younger Susan Sarandon. He's a blue-collar worker dealing with the changing times. Um, thing he really got noticed for was night and I, I I've watched this film twice in the last week it's the Academy Award winning film Save the Tiger this is the film Jack Lemmon won best actor for and it's also a Jack Lemmon film if you if you could probably name 10 Jack Lemmon films before you got to this one but it's a great film he's a, he owns a garment factory times are tough and he's got to burn one of his factories down for the insurance and it's not so much about that but also how he re he's realized that life was a lot simpler when we were when we were younger. So, yes. um, <laughs> the eleven-year-old he yearns to be yeah, five so. again. You've had Three nostalgia trips already, so. right? <laughs> are we are we ready to browbeat him with concert shirts that are older than him? Okay, um, but he said it with confidence. He did. You know, he, he did. That, that was not cu that was not queued up. That just <laughs> happened. Um, 1975's WW and the Dixie Dance Kings. Burt Reynolds as a Southern Robin Hood in the 1950s, robbing gas stations. Rocky, of course we know about mm -hmm. that. He also, yeah, he came back and did Rocky Five, but we don't hold that against him too much. Slow Dancing in the Big City with uh, Paul Servino as a as a uh, as a large newspaper reporter who falls for a ballet dancer. Thank you, Paul. The Formula with Marlon Brando and J and George C. Scott. That's a brunch I want to see. <laughs> the nineteen eighty one dark film Neighbors, um, and then oh he did God. the th first three Karate Kid films of note: A Night in Heaven for Keeps. Lean on me, another oh. yeah, another uh, over uh, overcoming story of a different kind, and the power of one in eight seconds, among others. So, John Abbotson, thank you, sir. All right, uh, before we get to talking about Richard the Third, we have some other plans. Just to give you some updates on some other films you can see outside. Uh, the IMA uh, Summer Film Series—they're uh, selling out fast. Um, as of right now. I guess you can still see on July 1st, Bedknobs and Broomsticks during uh, the Disney era of the 70s. Uh, Friday, July 7th, if you're not seeing our show, um, the original film of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, oh, a knife at my face. <laughs> and you caught it. <laughs> uh, Friday, July 28th, the first film of Friday. And uh, let's see, that's so Stand By Me sold out. Nine and the Five sold out. Arsenic and Old Lace sold out. Oh, wow. I've that seen Stand By Me. You have. It's 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 Did you like it? Yeah, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see it? Okay, um, it certainly is a film. Yeah, I would say just just a little <laughs> tip, sir. If you say something or interesting in the art world, that means you didn't like it. Okay, it's it's really good. <laughs> oh, yes. He's learning. We're gonna show him all of all about Eve later. I think. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, that's uh, Friday, August eighteenth, Serenity, and then the last mm. two films of the year are sold out: Cool Hand Luke and Blazing Saddles. So, I know group right. field trip. But uh, anyway, that's over at the IMA, over at the Tibbs Drive-In. Okay, I'm, if, um, I want to ask you guys this because I love it. if uh, the last time you were at a drive-in. And have you ever been to a drive-in that had a really odd double bill? Wow. It's been oh, Glenn has something. Well, come on. Lean in, Glenn. Lean in. The Ten Commandments and Godzilla. <laughs> no, you did. Where? In New Mexico. It was a God theme. It was, yeah. I got that. <laughs> the whole, like, Ten Commandments Where's Godzilla. your Godzilla now, she? <laughs> <laughs> wow. How long ago was that? That was probably his age. Okay. Man. Anybody else? Can anybody top that? No. no. I was about your age, though, the last time I went, and it was Free Willy and Dave. 
<laughs> Same studio. That's the only. That, 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 the other part is, is is we go through these. I'm like, okay, why are these years. why are these films linked together? Yes, twenty years. Um, I did see Twister at a drive-through, which wow. was a questionable experience. Or a drive-in. It's very nice. Yeah, drive in. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not bad. Okay, yeah, poor Bill Paxton to be torn between Helen Hunt and Jamie Gertz. Um, okay, <laughs> over at the Tibbs drive-in, screen one, Transformers: The Last Night. Oh, by the way, that opened this weekend. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> that thing is two and a half hours long, and and I hope Mr. Hopkins' check is huge. Um, Nine thirty p.m. Yeah, they're showing they're showing Transformers last night, followed by the Mummy. The Mummy. And I'm assuming the new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Tom. So also Cruise. moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, screen two, Cars three, and Captain Underpants. <laughs> He's like something I know. I, I finally know, know these I've, things. I've read that book a few times, or there's actually a few of those books. I think. Yes, I, the Captain. Like I mean, I know. Right? Yeah, no, I like them. He read the Cars Three novelization. Just, <laughs> see, novelizations dark. were movie books that were made anyway. Um, <laughs> screen Three: All Eyes on Me, and it comes at night. Oh God! No. Okay. Feels like horror movies. No, one's a biopic, but oh, the other is go. sort of a horror film. Um, anyway, and then screen four. Oh, this one's for the ladies. Rough night, and Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, we saw that. So okay, <laughs> putting their titles together. Sure. All right. Um, over at the Skyline Drive-In in Shelbyville. Yeah, Cars Three and Wonder Woman. Okay, they're hoping for the kids to fall asleep or not. And over at the Historic Art Craft Theater. Now, this, of course, this depends on when you're listening to the show. If you're listening on Saturday, you have less than an hour to haul tail down there and see uh, the Missoula Children's Theater production of Aladdin, which is happening at 3 and 5.30 p.m. Tuesday, June 27th at 10 a.m., Space Jam is a part of their summer break series. Tuesday, June 27th at 7.30 p.m. Free admission. We can't do prices, but we can mention free. At 7.30 p.m. Sunday, June, or Tuesday, June 27th, one of the all-time great car chase films, Bullet, with Steve oh, McQueen. Wow. Glenn shakes his fist in admiration. Yeah. Um, film won best editing, I think, for the car chase alone. Great car chase film. You like car chase films, sir? Yes. Okay, yeah, nodding, saying yes is good. Nodding for radio, not so much. Um, I'm still stuck on Space Jam. I'm over here in my head I know, now Michael singing, Jordan. hey, you, what you going to do? I mean, I'm still stuck there. It's, my, <laughs> I'm, it's on my iPod still. I still have an iPod. I just admitted that, too. So. <laughs> my Betamax still blinks noon. You're okay. Um, Thursday, June 29th at 7.30 p.m., Operation Dunkirk. Thursday, July 5th, Revenge of the Nerds. Not sure that one's going to age as well, because it's from the 80s. So, All right, gang. Richard III, happening June 30th through July 9th at the Indie Fringe Basile Theater. Um, Friday and Saturday nights at 7.30 p.m. Sunday matinees at 5 p.m. 2 p.m. Why are the posters wrong? <laughs> because we hired non-union help. 
We are oh, non-union oh, no. help. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, no, the posters, the posters uh, were made before the final time. Oh, very good, very good. Center. It's at 2 p.m. on Sunday. So uh, I guess, Glenn, since you're crouching down, which is good for your back, um, he's, he's also Richard Seid, uh, Stuntel, just in case. Um, how many Shakespeare plays have you directed so far in your career? 16. 16. And this is your first time with Richard? Uh, yes. Why now? Uh, because it was one of the one of the canon that I just had been waiting to do until I had the the right opportunity and the right cast, and now I have that opportunity, so that's why I wanted to do it. Okay, and uh, I would say, could you add a, add in a little bit more about this particular adaptation? Because I know we have we have it's sandwiched in between a little bit of actual hi, uh, actual history that has happened incorporated with the story itself. <clears throat> Well, one of the things that intrigued me about it was that in February of 2011, in a parking lot in Leicester, England, they found Richard um, about 50 centimeters under uh, a lettered parking lot uh, with the letter R, um, which was a rather fascinating bit of history. The Richard was the last of the Plantagenet kings, and if you live in England, uh, that's important because they ruled England for almost 400 years with an un, with a successive dynasty during that time. Uh, he was the last one to rule, and he was the last English king to die in battle. What we see with all the upcoming hype of Game of Thrones about to come out holds nothing. Uh, it's nothing compared to what happened with the War of the Roses. And Richard was the last of the kings of the War of the Roses, and the most famous because Shakespeare wrote his famous play about him. He only reigned for about 777 days, and he died in a field outside Bosworth because he made a really dumb error. Mm-hmm. Now, he mentioned Game of Thrones. I should let the audience know that uh, this production that we're doing, less blood and genitals. Just, just... Kind of, you know. I, I'm glad it, we got that out it's there. The yes. real, you know what? It's also the real House Kings of London. Yes, it that's right. I mean, Kings of London. <laughs> yeah. No, but everyone in the cast um, has blood and genitals. We just won't be showing them to you. What's, Thank you. <laughs> what's fascinating about it, what's really a great thing about it, is all these people that are sitting here in the cast here today were all real people. They all really existed. Um, uh, what happened is Shakespeare dramatized events uh, like a modern movie does and truncated them in a very short period of time uh, to present the story. And so that's why it, it, it's just it's just a great story. It's an epic story. You have ghosts, you have murders, you have uh, uh, implied uh, illicit relationships. Uh, there's sword fights. There's massive death. Uh, great speeches. What more do you want? A gimpy king. <laughs> that too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You asked for it. It's there. And that's right. Exactly. So I guess I want to go around. I want to go around the t- uh, the table and uh, tell me about your first introduction to Richard the Third. <sighs> or is this it? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay yeah. if it is. I like the way you saw it. I know you just you just <laughs> took all the air out of the room. I was um, saying. Well, let me ask. How did you, how did you get involved with this? Well. Um, I was in an, um, Mr. Glenn interviewed me for this role in particular, which I don't know if there were other people. There were other people, and I think one kid couldn't do it, so he interviewed me. For, I don't know for sure, but. We did. Please do. Yeah. Uh, we needed two outstanding uh, young actors. Lex uh, was one of about 15 kids that we were looking at for, for the part. Uh, we interviewed him, and he auditioned and gave an outstanding audition. He's very uh, skilled. He was over at IRT with a production, I think, of Stuart Little, wasn't it? He was the lead in that. And of all the kids I looked at uh, during the audition, he just 
gave a outstanding interview and a very good audition. He is great in the show, and uh, he's uh, maybe a little young for some of the film quotes that we're doing today, but he is still still doing a very, think, very good job. I think we could have used more harsher words than blood and genitals, but I'm, ju- I'm just saying. But That's no, it's, okay. It's all right. It's, it's so a technical term. Lex is selling himself short. He is an amazing young actor, and we have another one na- uh, named uh, Dalen Stewart, who's also in the show, who plays his brother and uh, does a fantastic job. That's and, right. and for someone his, as young as he is to handle the prose and the language the way that he does. And the prose it, and the language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, it, it's just a fantastic thing to see. Okay. Cool. You did all right there, little guy. <laughs> Much better than I would have said it. <laughs> Your press agent right there. So. Uh, so I fell in love in, with Shakespeare when I was in high school when we began our relationship. Um, I didn't really know much about Richard III until the Al Pacino film Looking for Richard came out. Very good. Yeah, I have and, I have that on video at home. Yes, and I watched it again recently on Netflix just because uh, I hadn't seen it in years. Um, but that's when I um, really started um, liking Richard III and the whole uh, the drama and the, uh, you know, it really... The real life whole does is uh, much more fraught than anything we can come up with in fiction. So, mm-hmm. part of the reason why we're doing hundred year old play, hundreds and hundreds of years old, is we're, their behavior and character traits are still happening today. <clears throat> Sorry, what? <laughs> Your voice what? went up three octaves. There. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. back. <laughs> Um, I guess about the first time I've heard of Richard III was Richard Dreyfus in The Goodbye Girl. Thank you. Same here. That, somebody for me, post, is somebody, genius. Somebody in our group posted the, the made-for-cable remake. No no disrespect oh, toward good. Patricia Heaton and Jeff yeah. Daniels, but, yeah, come on. Richard Dreyfus or GTFO. Come on. It was, a, it was brilliant. It uh, was ours the, is a little different. Ours is not so much Not as uh, swishy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in, in the film The Goodbye Girl, it's Marsha Mason, because Neil Simon wrote it in the 70s. And Richard Dreyfus are living together. And of course, like in a Shakespearean comedy, sir, they don't like each other. You know how that's yes. going to end up. And, and he is in a production of Richard III. And the, and the director in the film, the play within the film, played by the great Paul Benedict, has decided he wants Richard to be a homosexual. So the, the the queen who wanted to be king is, I think, what he's what he put it, and and then there is a production of Richard the Third ca- captured in on film that no one has ever thought about, and it's it's very amusing. So, so I think they go from Richard Dreyfus to Laurence Olivier. That's that's a good jump there. So, Absolutely. Doug. Well, I think my first introduction to this specific play was um, my um, then wife was teaching an acting class, and she was using the. Uh, Richard and Elizabeth scene mm-hmm. where they're discussing the marriage to young Elizabeth uh, as a scene and I read this and I was just blown away by the, the, the dialogue in that scene and, and that's I hadn't even gotten to the Anne scene yet um, but it's just the most ding dong dialogue you can possibly imagine I mean it's just it, mm-hmm. it's, it's tremendous stuff and uh, I've, I've wanted to this obviously is. Rivers is not in that scene, but that's okay. <laughs> we we've all I think we've all curled our hand and clubbed our foot a little bit from time to time. It's it's like singing at home, only Shakespeare. And then mom walks in and goes, What I'm not I'm not doing anything. Right. You'll be running around doing Hamlet soon, sir. It's all right. Yeah. And then of course there's the uh, the Ian McKellen film. 
Yeah, I, that, that one I saw that in the theater in uh, Wheaton, Illinois, and there was about 12 people there. And uh, if you, it's Richard Longcrane and Ian McKellen, who is just enjoying the hell out of himself <laughs> as Richard III. And it's so not Nazi Germany. No. Not at all. Not at all. The logo looks a lot. No. Not no. A, it looks like the SS. It's not. It's Shakespeare's. The unfurling of the, of the banners? No. No. Not at all. all. Not at all. And also you have Ian McKellen delivering Shakespeare at a urinal. Oh, the best <laughs> delivery. <laughs> he has fun. He has fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's and, and then there's Lawrence Olivier's version from the 1950s. And I, if you get a chance, in fact, I might pull it up. There's a YouTube clip of Peter Sellers as Richard III reciting A Hard Day's Night. That sounds exactly like the sort of thing Peter Sellers was. Yeah, it was. In fact, yeah. I think I'm going to try to dig that up right now. So um, I guess I want to go around the board again. And what has been the biggest challenge for you um, working on this show? Definitely the language of Shakespeare. He doesn't necessarily speak in the order we speak in. It's a little backwards. Yeah, it's, it's a little backwards, and it's hard for me to say it knowing that it's wrong in, in regular American language. So... That was probably the hardest part. Guess what? We're, we won't admit it, but we're with you. Yeah. It's a challenge. It, because even if something is, there's a line I have is, uh, why so? Now have I done a good day's work? And normally I would say, now I have done. And it's real easy to fall into that. And that's where, you know, that's where the focus comes in. So hang in there. It's all right. Uh, I think for me it's um, rising to the emotional uh levels that you need to this trait this uh, play is quite quite tragic and pretty much every scene that i'm in i'm fraught with some sort of angst uh, more angst yeah different levels of angst but there's always angst so keeping that that tension um that's required to be able to play that is is sometimes difficult if you had a canopy bed you would be flopping upon it constantly like a fish <laughs> Like a fish, um, I would say mine is um, just trying to find that natural that uh, that what feels natural to me blend of sidekick, evil, maniacal, but still humorous. Because yeah. I, I I think from for my character, he has these great little like moments of interjection and moments of like he's a likable guy. Oh no, he's not. He's not. He's but he is just such a. Um, as a friend, as a friend told me, she said, "What a maroon this guy is! How could he not know?" You know, her husband actually said that he's a he is he's uh, he's from uh, England and he does research on and he's a teacher and he goes, "Oh, that Buckingham! What a maroon!" Or a press agent, for all we know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, apart from just the physical space, because it's a big cast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got to move around. Um, I think the 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 trickiest thing is, is finding because I'm, I'm I have. You know, two smaller roles, and and so differentiating these people, um, making sure that they're not, you know, just that it's obvious right. not just because I'm wearing right. something. What's else, he though, doing here? I thought he was this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that, that's all. I say, how, how big a turnaround do you have backstage for you for going from one character to another? Well, um, when they're actually around, I have plenty of time. When when the the first one appears, not to not spoilers. 
but uh, <laughs> it's a 500 year old play, but you right. know, spoilers. Um, <laughs> you might not have picked it up yet. That's okay. Uh, uh, when he appears as you know as a ghost, and I, I that's very very tight book ending. I'm I'm on as the second person, and then the first person's ghost, and then the second person again quite quickly. But, yeah, you know. and I think you all know my challenge: <laughs> dying, <laughs> literally, figuratively. No, I'm just. Um, yeah, part of it is it is the space. Um, I'm I'm always concerned. I'm blowing the doors off, but uh, but okay, my director's saying no. Um, and then and then the dying aspect of it, which you know it's shaking and dying and trying to deliver a decent kiss before I, I throw into a, a rage and and go off. And then Fisherman's friend is my friend, and getting a little bit of honey tea and getting my posture back and coming back in as uh, as the press agent's press agent uh, as Lord Mayor. So, uh, but I. The we we did a little bit of the costume change and, and we'll get to that we have, we have we have a really good crew backstage and uh, but yeah I think I think I would re- I'm really happy I'm I'm King Edward first and then Lord Mayor because if I think if it went the other way around I'd be even more exhausted than I already am so uh, but yeah that that's that's the one on that um, okay so once again June thirtieth July first and July second. July 7th, 8th, and 9th, Fridays and Saturdays at 7.30 p.m., Sundays at 2 p.m. You can have an evening or a brunch day on Mass Ave or near Mass Ave and see Shakespeare. We go great with any form of mimosas. <laughs> I'm telling. See, mimosas, it, for you, it's, it's orange juice and the champagne flute and nothing else. That's what, do you like orange juice? Yes, I, I I think I I drink the most orange juice in the house. Good, we drink the mimosa is orange juice in the house, so that's all right. I find it goes well with Bloody Marys. Oh, I was gonna say that. Good job. I'm not a tomato juice person, so oh, I, I'm, I'm not a unless theme. there's um, theme. alcohol involved. <laughs> <laughs> it helps with the lines. <laughs> we, it does. Okay, is it anybody does. here named Burton? No, <laughs> so it doesn't. <laughs> Teaching you, sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's right. The guy who brings up certain, you know, anyway, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, just, he just tunes out. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, anyway, um, again, that's happening June 30th through July 9th. And we'll be plugging this a few more times. We still have, we're about the halfway point for the show today. Um, does anybody have a particular favorite Shakespeare in cinema moment? Experience? Oh, something that you've seen? Or there's something that pops to mind? Yeah. I, 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 Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah. For me, it all took off uh, with Kenneth Branagh's movie Henry V when he did the uh, St. Crispin Day speech. I've, I, I just thought that was the most electric piece of, uh, of uh, dialogue and, and most rousing piece of uh, monologue that I've ever heard, and I just loved every moment of it. I think it's also how directors see themselves. Yes, I, I say that to myself each day as I wake up and brush my teeth. And, and I, I wake up and say Bond, James Bond. There you go. <laughs> um, that's where you actually when uh, the the first time I directed Adam Tran, a fellow friend of ours, uh, we were doing uh, It's a Wonderful Life at Anderson University, and he and another actor challenged me, and I actually wound up doing it. Uh, I replaced yards and inches with lines and dialogue, and my opening night speech for them was Al Pacino's halftime speech from any given Sunday. It actually works out quite well. Go on YouTube. So, 
Uh, yeah, so as a, as an actress, I, I don't get quite as inspired by the history plays because they tend to be very male-heavy. And um, in Henry V, very French. Yes. Actually, I have played the chorus in Henry V. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would say for me, one of my favorite would have to be uh, Much Ado About Nothing. And watching uh, Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson and the, the repartee, the, it just made me realize how much fun Shakespeare, uh, Shakespeare could be. It's not, it's very, it is accessible if you have the right actors and they have the right chemistry. It's just, it's just marvelous. I say, sir, you might want to, after this experience, you might want to cleanse your palate with a Shakespearean comedy. Just, just to get that. Yeah, in. there's some good ones. <laughs> there's a good very one. Funny. And that, and that was that period because prior to that, there hadn't been a, more. Of the tragedies had been captured on film than the comedies. I mean, yep. prior to, uh, and 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 I'm not talking about the BBC and PBS where it feels like every decade has to have their own version of this and that, which are out there. Um, because I think prior to Much Ado, which is 19, it was the summer I graduated from college. That's 1993. The last comedy that I think was made into a film, and it's uh, it's also a date comedy, it was Taming of the Shrew. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. 1967. Midsummer's Night. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, oh, yeah, that's, I'm Midsummer sorry. Night. Take that back. Well, that was no, that was late 90s. Mm -hmm. It was. That was late 90s. Yeah, that was after. Is that Kevin Klein? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was after. Yeah, because I had moved. I had just yeah. moved here when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 99, I think. So. Yeah, 99. But so yeah, I mean, there was that period where I mean, it, it seems like it was mostly the tragedies, and and thanks to Sir Ken. With Henry V, with Much Ado, there was a there was a resurgence of uh, Shakespeare in film with uh, Hamlet. and part of it, yeah, uh, his Hamlet, uh, Mel Gibson's Hamlet. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know Gertrude was five when she had Hamlet. Hi, Glenn Close. Uh, there were film versions of Twelfth Night and Richard III, which we talked yeah. about. So the '90s was a really great decade for Shakespeare in cinema. Jay, uh, does Kiss Me, Kate? Sure, we that, do, we'll do the off branches. Of true, you know. Yeah, we do so that. Just, no, but uh, a little humor didn't land well. Um, <laughs> uh, brush up your Shakespeare. Come on. Um, no, but you just mentioned it. It was it was uh, it was the uh, the celebrity laden Midsummer Night's Dream, the Tuscan Midsummer Night's Dream. You know, mm -hmm. with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Titania and 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 Kevin Klein is just in anything. Kevin Klein is outstanding. So. An excellent bottom that I enjoy, and you know I've gotten the pleasure of doing that show a couple of times. And uh, once my height kept me from Oberon, and once it didn't, so I was good. <laughs> <laughs> I was very pleased. Uh, Doug, um, probably the, the the most affecting one in terms of impact was when I was at the cinema seeing uh, Hank Sank, the, the kind of friend I the fifth. And actually, the thing that got to me, apart from, of course, the St. Crispin's Day speech, because how could it not? But uh, my, one of my big impressions for that, that's when I sort of became a Derek Jacobi fan. Mm. Now, he's an anti-stride 40, and so I, I you know, can't really yeah. go with him on that. But, you know, I do love his work, and, and oh, just watching him as the chorus, he was so cool. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. I totally <laughs> agree. He was so just, I, I want to be that chorus. Oh, yeah. Yep, indeed. Derek Although Jacobi I'm sure I, I would love being your chorus too. Allison. It was a much different feeling. Well, I would love you. What about me? Um, well, I, it's funny. I uh, you mentioned Much Ado, and I, I got to play Benedict a few years ago. I got to play him when I was forty-four. Hardest thing I've ever done on stage, and the most satisfying. And the the the, the thing about Sir Ken's version, like I said, I, I graduated from college, and a bunch of theater kids went to go see it at the old uh, Arts Cinema uh, out by the Castleton. 
with the Castle Nets, just you know, ran rub shot, rub shot, and just you know, had a, had a, a hell of a time. And that's that, that's a film I have watched probably twenty times. And and this is it is I have this thing that if there is a film version of a show I work on, right after it closes, I'll go back and revisit it. Just and and what's fascinating and and young squire, you you, you take heed on this. Um, the week after we closed at the, the Richmond Shakespeare Festival, I watched Ken and Emma's Much Ado, and I hadn't seen it in probably two years. And my point of view of that film is permanently changed because I had my own experience with it. Mm. And and it doesn't make it better and it doesn't make it worse. And, you know, you, I, I jokingly say, you know, you can sit there with your arms crossed and go, oh, that, you know, that choice is different. And, and it's not, again, not better, not worse. But because you had your own experience with it, that piece of art is forever changed. And uh, and I I, I'm, I think I'm going to have that obviously with Richard III. I think we'll all have that with Richard III in one way, shape, or form. The beauty, sir, about a recording or a film. I mean, a live theater is live theater, and every night it's going to be different. We're going to be different. The audience is going to be different. The possibilities are endless, and there'll be you know we've talked before that there'll be moments that they will laugh on Friday. They might not laugh on Sunday on the same thing. It just happens. That's the, that's the, going to be the cool thing about this experience. But, but a, a film or a TV show or a recording or a painting doesn't change. We change. And I think that's the beauty of that. I, I still to this day think, I think the big chill is a film that should be watched every five years. Mm-hmm. I was 13 when that film came out and you know, I got at that time, the acting was good, and grown-ups were vulnerable. Same thing when I was 18. 23, uh, a year before that, I had a classmate who committed suicide. So that that came into the fray when I watched it again, getting married, having kids, getting jobs. So it's, that's the beauty of, of something like that. You can revisit it. You, you The first time you heard Led Zeppelin's four is different than the time you heard Led Zeppelin's four last month. So there you go. Hi, welcome to uh, Existential Radio. With, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I can't wait for you to have that experience, young lad. When 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 you uh, when you have this and other shows coming up. So, long story long, Glenn. I think yeah, much. I think doing much ado and having a connection to it, and 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 being able to and then for us to have a connection with Richard. I'm very excited. I do want to. I do want to watch Pacino's again. It's uh, it's a little little less yelly, screamy than his last 20 years of film work. So, <laughs> um, okay. So once again, uh, Richard III is happening uh, f- June 30th dr- through July 9th. Fridays and Saturdays at 7:30 p.m. Sundays at 2 p.m. Um, where do we have, what's the website, Glenn? Do we have that? Indie Fringe. Indie Fringe. Indie dot org. Org. We're all looking at each other. Org. Indie Fringe. dot org. for all, all the information. I know that's why we were doing there. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I uh, hope to see you guys out there when that happens. All right, um, we still got about eighteen, seventeen, eighteen minutes left of the show because you guys haven't been doing enough. I've seen almost every night. What films have you watched recently? New, old, indifferent, doesn't have to be Shakespeare, anything. Because, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you need something to clear your head. 
Speaking of Shakespeare, I recently watched Now, which is the documentary of the Kevin Spacey production, yes. where they followed the company from the old Vic as they went around the world with the production, too. And it's a truly amazing documentary. First of all, you get to see um, uh, snippets of the show, which is just beautiful. I mean, and then you get to see uh, the actor's process. And you get to see, and it's not about Kevin Spacey in the show, it's about the company. Right. Kevin Spacey is just as um, uh, a m- much of a part of it as everyone else is because they spend a lot of time looking at the whole company. But I just, uh, I enjoyed it. It was just this great journey of this group of people, and they just happen to be putting on this amazing show. And so their take on it, mm-hmm. their, their, their use of, uh, of media and technology in it, uh, and... Um, it was. It was really. It was. It's on Netflix, I believe, too. So you can find it. So I definitely check into that. And yes, Spacey has a role in Looking for Richard as well. Yes, yes. he does. So. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, I mean, the um, apart from um, this, you know, working on rehearsals and such, I, I haven't um, been keeping up with my normal film watching quite mm-hmm. as much. I, other than I've been sort of blockbustery because uh, I saw. Wonder Woman, of course, and then got the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Those are the last oh, two that I've seen. That was in the an epic movie. It was. It was. Uh, crazy. Th- hey, here's a crazy thing. Let's have a sequel with character development. I know. Yeah. <laughs> much, much needed. And yes, if, uh, if if you yearn for you know Kurt Russell with airbrushed hair again, the opening scene. Uh, you know, I thought they did a good <laughs> job because he looked like himself. I mean, you know. You know what cracks me, and I st- still cracks me up with this. So, for those, who, there's there is a flashback scene with uh, the Kurt Russell character, and he he is looked he looks just like he did in 1979. You're welcome, ladies, hmm. and a few men. Uh, but but he is uh, he is wigged up, and they had applied apparently some form of makeup. I thought they CG, but apparently it was makeup. Um, which I thought it was CG too. Which was very, which was very amusing, but they didn't do anything to auto tone his voice because he's got old guy gravel voice now. I mean, it was like you couldn't clean that up with a filter. It would be like if you watched a Hard Day's Night and you have Paul McCartney's old man voice from 2016. Because last <sighs> time McCartney was on Fresh Air, I was like, oh my god, he's got old man voice. <laughs> it happened. It was like Paul Newman aging in the late 80s. I'm like, <gasps> It happens from time to time. So, well, I, I saw Guardians with my sixteen-year-old uh, daughter, who had no concept of who he 1970s was. Seventies Kurt Russell, yeah, or who he was at all. And and so afterward, I I was commenting. Did on, she on Google image? Well. No, <laughs> I did for her uh, <laughs> because she was like, "Oh, I thought they got a, a different guy." I'm like, "No, no, 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 that's no, him. That, that's him. That's what he looked like." Yep. <laughs> you know, after rocking that great beard and hateful A to to go to that, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I uh, I also want to I mention uh, I think I forgot to do this at the beginning of uh, landmark Keystone Arts have midnight movies now, sir. At one time, old man Sosie's talking. At one time, there was only one way to see a film, and it was in the theater. And then we got to Betamax and VHS. Who knew? And then we got to cable. Laserdisc. And oh, jeez, do you have those? Just for, saying, for seven I minutes. have those. Do you have two weeks? Oh, yes. two weeks that Laserdisc All the exists. Star Wars movies, Star Trek movies. Does it, does it still work? Oh, you bet. <laughs> party at you your have, house. You Cast have party. The original edit Star Wars. Don't tell I, Lucas. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's worth a lot. Of you money. know the Han <laughs> shot first edition. Yeah. Uh, the, in other words, the movie. Right, yeah. the movie. Thank you. Yeah. Which is we'll, called Star Wars. We'll right. save that yes. for another time. Yes, this but, is pre-tampering. Oh, 
Good for you. But at one time, and there were movies that were that are shown uh, midnights, midnight on Friday nights and Saturday nights, and they were usually cult films. They were films that had a strong following. Not every film is midnight movie worthy. And uh, and anyway, Keystone Arts is bringing that tradition has brought that tradition back for several years. They do it in the summer and they do it in the fall. And uh, again, if you're listening to this on Saturday, the room at midnight, I'll be there. Hopefully, you will be as well. Uh, next yeah. week, uh, next week <laughs> after you see Richard the Third, yeah, because you know, because you want a long night. If you're a fan of uh, Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki oh, films, yes. Ponyo. Oh, I love Ponyo. We, and I think Ponyo is great uh, Miyazaki 101. I think that's the best place to start. This is the English dub version, so I think there's a Jonas voice, and uh, I can't remember. I think one of the fannings is involved, so that's happening there. July 7th and 8th, Grave of the Fireflies, another oh. Studio Ghibli. And that is Japanese with English subtitles. July 14th and 15th is The Love Witch. Which sounds like a Skinamax film, but I'm still trying to get some more information on this and a classmate of mine from Ball State's involved in it. July 21st and July 22nd, Fantastic Planet. Now, young man, there was a period mm -hmm. uh, in the 1970s, which is still my favorite gener my favorite decade for films, because directors had all the power. It was also a period where I found out that they made animated films for grown-ups. It was not. It was not uh, Hanna Barbera and Bugs Bunny, and it wasn't Ralph Bashke. I was told by my dad, "You're not watching Fritz the Cat, or Heavy Traffic, or anything like that." But there were films like Fantastic Planet, which was, I remember right, was a French Czech futuristic animated film. Uh, but there was also films like Watership Down. <laughs> Jay just rolled his eye. Did you have that experience too? You thought it was about rabbits, and then it's about gangland warfare. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah. yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, look how we yeah. turned out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was that. Mouse and his child. Uh, speaking of Kurt Russell, Fox and the Hound was another one of those from the earlier. Like, geez, what a dark period. This is before the princess re renaissance. Um, that that's uh, July twenty first and twenty second, and then July twenty eighth and twenty ninth, they're ending the midnight movie series for the summer with Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, My daughter okay. wants to go to that one badly. So, mm. but it requires you to be up at midnight. And pretty recently, I've seen a movie. Have you ever heard of Undefeated? Um, it's The prison boxing film? No, it's, oh. it's about football. Oh, and, that one, the documentary about the high school football team. Um. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> the yeah. one with Bogart and Ingrid Bergman, Casablanca. No. no. <laughs> go, go ahead, sir. It's, the floor is yours. Um, it's a movie that that's it's about the Eagles and a player called Vince Papali, thirty years old, that that worked at a bar. Yeah, um, yeah, actually, that. that was Invincible. Oh, Invincible, See, not that's why undefeated. You, you fool us, old people. Yeah, because there was yeah, Mark Wahlberg and uh, and uh, Greg Kinnear as Dick Vermeil. Yeah, I saw that. You you just experienced that? Yeah. Well, it's not. Yeah, I I look up football movies and stuff. So really, that was one of them. I've seen it a few times, like three times. What do you like about it so much? It's mainly because it's about football and. Yeah. Lex, Lex not only does Shakespeare, but he also is a football player. Yeah, that, Which, oh, wow. that's one of my favorite sports. What's, it is my favorite sport. What's your position? Um, I'll just a few. Uh, I'll just say a few. Um, <laughs> a quarterback and cornerback. Wow. wow. 
So if somebody makes a zombie football movie, you're you're, you're in. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, start working on that. Start banging out on the typewriter. So yeah, named Unkillable. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That so will let's. Be at your own risk. Yeah, exactly. Um, this time so, they bite back. <laughs> Throwing the flag on that one. That's, that's pretty good. Um, okay. Well, let's see. Let's see. Um, okay. You're not old enough for any given Sunday. Friday Night Lights. Friday. Ah! Yeah. yeah. Film. Actually, that's straight across the board. Book, film, and series. All really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah really good. few more years with mom there. North Dallas 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because it shows there's a great conflict between is it a business or is it a sport? Oh. Yeah. The original Longest Yard and the original Longest Yard only. Yes. Only. Only. So. um, Varsity Blues. (laughs) I just had to say it. I had to say it. I had to say it. You did. And you did. And what is it? We are the Titans. Is it? Uh, remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. That's yeah. and oh, we are remember Marshall. the Titans. Remember the Titans. Uh, I've 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 heard. I I, I I still want to see it, but I I know it's it's good. There there is a thing about I think guys in particular guys want it coachy roles because they get at least one great speech. So and it's usually at halftime, but uh, but yeah, there's there's a Denzel meeting the players for the first time. Um, it's kind. It's not as uh, it's not as mind numbing is uh, whiplash as far as mental uh, mental torture but it's just something I think you want to do just a little bit so okay good so remember the Titans um, we'll look into we'll get, I'll, I'll give you a list of the, of the films of Jim Brown and Fred Williamson if you're going to do the football oh, to God. cinema Wait, again s- with oh. mom's supervision <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah what were you gonna wait ask? have you seen um, the series of Friday Night Tykes not Friday Friday Night Tykes this is about um, kids, little, that, league, little yeah, league. little league football, but it's the coaches act like it's the NFL, right? <laughs> they don't, they don't have a concussion uh, procedure; they have a crying procedure. So <laughs> make sure you all right. Okay, you good? Good. good. Soda crackers, ginger ale. All right, get back out there. So <laughs> walk it off, right? <laughs> Rub dirt on it <laughs> and take a lap. <laughs> So very cool, very cool indeed. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna give you a whole list of films that you could probably watch in about ten years. So this is where hi mom, you're all right there. All right, um, once again, Richard the Third is running June thirtieth through July 9th. Fridays and Saturday evenings at seven thirty p.m. Sundays at five p.m. We've been grilling the kid all day long. Two p.m. Sorry, two p.m. We've been grilling the kid all day long. He's a really good sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom's doing that. So, all right. Um, we, we still got a couple minutes left, but I, I, I alluded to this earlier, gang, and I'm going to share this with you now. Um, this is uh, you're going to have to we're going to have to explain Peter Sellers to you another time. But this was one of the funniest men on the planet. Doctor Strangelove is a must watch. Um, Lolita, not yet, and half the Pink Panther films. But uh, but this is this is Peter Sellers. As Lawrence Olivier reciting one of the great pieces of uh, of written music. It has been a 
hot day's night. And I have been working like a dog. It's been a hot day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do will make me feel all right. You know I work all day to get you money to buy you things. And it's worth it just to hear you say, you'll give me everything. That's why I love to come home. Cause when I get you alone, you know I feel okay. <laughs> when I'm home, everything seems to be right. When I'm home, feeling you, <laughs> holding me, been a half day's night, and I have been working like a dog. It's been a half day's night. I should be sleeping like a dog. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do will make me feel all right. Riveting, huh? Well, yes. <laughs> Steve Allen pretty cool. Dramatic lyrics. I still want to do a fringe show of uh, Shakespearean interpretations of coaching meltdowns. <laughs> so Jim Mora and uh, Dennis Green and Mike Gundy, the I'm a man, I'm 40 guy. Um, yeah, go, if you go on YouTube, just do coaching meltdowns. Um, we'll have to work on that. And apparently I'm seeing some dramatic reading interpretation very, very soon. So anyway, we'll get to that. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, Richard III is happening at the Indie Fringe Basile Theater June 30th through July 9th, Fridays and Saturdays at 7.30 p.m., Sundays at 2 p.m. Go to IndieFringe.org. Gosh, I'm tired. Uh, not you guys. You're fine. Uh, IndieFringe.org for more information. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that in mind, first off, guys and ladies, thank you for hanging out. Appreciate Pleasure. it. Thank you. So, uh, Glenn, any final words, Hair Director? Which is great for radio. You are all wonderful. Come see the show. We hope to see the show. He's talking to you, the audience, not us, because we, we have to see him on Monday. So, All right, ladies and gentlemen, some words to live by. Silent breed is people! Zardoz has spoken. Oh, you saw Soylent Green? In a theater. Yeah? You all right? No, I love it. Part of the Charlton Heston sci-fi trilogy, Omega Man, Planet of the Apes, and Soylent Green, and he treated all of those like like it was Ben-Hur or the Ten Commandments. Thanks, Charlton. And all I have to say, ladies and some guys... Google image, Sean Connery, Zardoz. You'll thank me for it. Anyway, go see a good movie, gang. You deserve it. Hope to see you at Richard III next weekend or the weekend after at the Indie Fringe Basile Theater. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan.
Roger! We're not alone. We got guests. You got what? Guess. Guests. Guests? Yeah, guests. People. We've got guests coming over. When? Now. I can't believe you've let her watch Manos. <laughs> Is she scarred for life? Let's put it this way. What parent are you? <laughs> When I wake her up, I vocalize the theme to wake her up to get her oh, ready to school. Oh, you're a terrible father. <laughs> we'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live!